Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Welcome to the latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Curtis Bingham. Curtis is the president of the Predictive Consulting Group. He's helped companies dramatically increase customer acquisition, retention, and customer profitability. He's the author of a forthcoming book to be published by HRD Press called The Key to Customer Strategy, The Rise of the Chief Customer Officer. And his book describes how a consistent and unified customer strategy can grow revenue, profit, and loyalty. He's uncovered millions of dollars in hidden profits for companies like Intuit, Microsoft, Standard & Poor's, Cardinal Health, and many other small businesses. Welcome, Curtis. Thank you, Linda. It's a pleasure to join you. Great. Thanks for being here. Curtis, today we're talking about cut anything but marketing budget, how to market smarter and harder to thrive in difficult times, and then we are in difficult times now. Isn't so that the given truth? given where we are with the economy and the world being so much just up in the air, um, what do you see that marketers are doing with their budgets right now? It's a really good question, and, and there's, um, there's three things that I see that are going on, three trends. Um, some marketers are, are cutting indiscriminately, and just across the board, they're cutting 20, 25% of their budgets. And that's the most common thing that I see happening, and it's also the most dangerous thing that I see happening right now. I spoke with someone last week in the financial services industry who said that the entire company was facing an across-the-board 25% cut. And in general, most people inside of a company would think that everyone should, share their, should take their fair share of the pain in budget cuts. However, this one-size-fits-all approach doesn't take into consideration the fact that some divisions or products or product lines are far outperforming others and are actually generating far more, a far larger percentage of profit margin than many other divisions or product lines. And applying these budget cuts across the board to these high-performing product lines or products actually results in a disproportionately larger uh, impact on the bottom line, both during the recession and the after. So I think that's one of the most dangerous trends that I see that's going on. Another trend that I'm seeing is that marketers are retreating from much of the mass market advertising, such as radio, TV, and newspapers. There were two articles last week in the Wall Street Journal, one of them saying that the radio stations were slashing their advertising rates, and the other article highlighting some of the losses announced by a major newspaper chain due to decreased advertising sales. You know, people are just are, are stopping their marketing in these less tangible uh, medium. The, uh, last week I spoke with the CEO of a search engine marketing firm who said that this was going to be her best year ever, and I was kind of surprised by that, and I asked her why, and she said that many of her clients, both existing and new, have retreated from the mass marketing advertising because, as I mentioned, it's so hard to demonstrate ROI for these models, and uh, particularly when their advertising budgets and marketing budgets are under such heavy scrutiny. They're turning to search engine marketing. They're returning to direct and email marketing because these methods are so much more formulaic. You put in a quarter and out pops a lead. I think that the final trend that I'm seeing is that um, companies are cutting their budgets in non-customer-facing areas or areas that don't have a significant customer impact. 
and they're leaving marketing budgets the same or even increasing them slightly. And if you think about it, this is a much, much smarter strategy because by doing so, you can do three things. One of them is that you can tighten the relationship with existing customers. You can attract new customers that may be dissatisfied by your competitors' budget cuts and the resulting poor service that, may, that, may have, that they may be experiencing. And then finally, you can better prepare for the rebound that inevitably is going to happen in the not-too-distant future. So those are the three big trends that I see with people's marketing budgets. So it seems like that depending on the company, they're, they're looking at, at various different things. Some folks are actually just, just flashing things in general. Some are, are being more discriminate. Some are looking at some products versus another. So why, given that the market is so tight and budgets are being cut and everyone is trying to hold back, why would you as a marketer want to continue marketing into this environment? Now, some people would wonder whether or not that's smart, uh, whether or not they should just cut the budgets and, and try to ride it out, weather the storm, if you will. Uh, I went back and did some research and, and found that, in general, the research in historical recession times, research of people, uh, companies spend during recession times, showed some pretty interesting correlations between the companies that increased their spend during recession and their, their um, resultant market share and profits during and beyond the, re the recessions. There was a big recession in 74 and 75, and um, in 1979, the American business press did a, published a, re a study that showed that and I'll quote here, companies which did not cut marketing expenditures during this recession experienced higher sales and net income during those two years of the recession and for the two years following those than companies that did cut their budgets. And it was interesting that um, that same finding was exhibited in a study by McGraw-Hill uh, when they looked at the 1981 and 1982 recession years. They said that particularly B2B firms that either maintained or increased their marketing expenditures during the 81-82 recession averaged significantly higher sales growth both during the recession and for the following three years than those that eliminated or decreased their marketing budgets. This was um, further explained by another research study by Connors and the Strategic Planning Institute that said that, yeah, these businesses that um, – continued marketing through the downturn did experience a slightly lower average rate of return. Their return on marketing investment was, was decreased when compared to normal times. But what they did was they ended up gaining greater market share during the recession, and then for the two or three years after the recession, they reaped the benefits of that. And there's some other research that, um, you know, that's looked at the 90 and 91 recession years with, with very similar findings. But it's clear from the research that those companies that chose to and were able to prevent themselves, prevent themselves from slashing their budgets during the recessionary time reap rewards during and for at least two and sometimes three years beyond the recession. And the same thing is going to happen here. Whether this recession lasts a year, two years, six months, it doesn't matter. Um, if you can avoid slashing your budget, then you prepare yourself very well for the rebound that's inevitably going to happen. 
Chris, I think that's a great point and something I've always said to my clients in my presentations as well is that marketing is an investment and it's almost like planting seeds. You know, we can't plant seeds today and, and expect to have a bounty crop tomorrow. It takes some time for them to germinate and to grow and a little bit of nourishment and that's really what I think you're saying that companies do in a recession. By continuing to market, they plant the seeds for their future success. That's absolutely true, and, and that the metaphor is great because by cutting off the marketing budget during the recession, you're basically telling your garden, your gardener, that uh, no more water. We can't right. afford to water, and your your tomatoes uh, wither and die on the vine. Yeah, uh, your customers wither and die on the vine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Great. So. Let's presume then that, that we're, as marketers, we're understanding that, we're willing to make the investment, but obviously we have to make it very judiciously in this kind of market. Where then, as a marketer, should I really focus my attention? You know, it's, the thing that's interesting is that um, you need to do two things in general. One of them is that you need to protect your current customers, and then you need to try to grow by acquiring more. You know, going back to this gaining a larger share of market that the research has proven that uh, smart companies have done. In uh, talking with a number of my clients, it's clear that a lot of the customers in both the B2B and the B2C world are trading downwards. Last week there was an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal again that uh, reported that the luxury emporiums and the high-end retailers posted as much as a 17% loss for the month of October, one of the greatest losses ever. And the only retailer that grew, Walmart. Walmart, yeah. Yeah, Walmart by 2.4%. So everybody else is is, uh, is tanking, and yet Walmart is growing. Even Starbucks is, is reporting a, a huge drop in profits. Right, right. And, and you know, with all of their efforts to uh, revitalize themselves, that's the worst, worst kind of news that they could ever, ever report. And what's happening is that con consumers are fleeing the high-priced stores for the discounts. You know, it used to be that some shoppers would shop at the discount stores just because it was a challenge. They wanted a good deal. And now it's not, it's not so much the good deal or the, the desire for a good deal. It's out of necessity. I, I, was, um, I was speaking with, a B2, with the CEO of a B2B company this, uh, two weeks ago who said that his biggest risk is that customers will move down market to find a cheaper alternative to his. And while the need for many of, of the core products are, are not diminishing, the value equation is shifting dramatically. You know, if you sell high-end computer equipment, software, or even office supplies, the extra features that used to be a necessity um, are now a luxury. Uh, customers are, whether you're in the B2B world or in the B2C world, customers are trading down. Yep. And you need, to do, you need to do three things with this, with this insight. One of them is that you need to ensure that you keep the high-priority customers that are at risk of downsizing you. The, third, the second one here is that you need to attract customers that are downsizing your upper-tier competitors. And then the third one here is that you need to narrowly target only your highest priority and most profitable prospects that are in your current marketing market segments. The thing, that, the thing to remember here, as I mentioned earlier, is that your most critical top-tier customers you have to keep, no matter what. These are the ones that you can't afford to allow them to leave. There was some research that um, 
I stumbled across that said that in in one manufacturing environment, 20% uh, of the customers were generating 220% of the revenue or the profits, and the remaining 80% were either neutral or were actually destroying value for this particular company that was part of the study. So, whether it's 80% of your customers that are generating the vast majority of your profits or 20% of your customers that are that are generating the vast majority of your, of your profits. The important thing to recognize here is that you have set a, a set of critical customers that you can't afford to lose because they're either strategically important to you or because they're generating a disproportionate percentage of your total margin. And you need to make sure that they don't downsize you. That whatever you do, you can't afford to let them go because even though they, even if you might think that they'll leave you to go for a cheaper alternative and then come back when things improve, when things improve, you're just another vendor to them. The relationship is gone. The, uh, they're going to be examining and, and uh, putting their, their purchases up for bid, and you'll be competing with all of the rest of the competitors at that time. So it's, uh, it's important not to let them leave. Uh, the, other, the other thing to think about here is that you have an opportunity as customers are downsizing their, your higher tier competitors is that you have an opportunity to steal some of these that are very high profit. They're used to paying more than they might have if they had chosen you in the first place. And so these are uh, high value customers that if you play your cards right, you'll be able to keep them and uh, maintain that relationship, that high profit relationship through the rebound and dramatically improve your margins. And then the final thing that we, you need to do is, is make sure that you're, uh, you're targeting your most valuable customers and the most valuable, I'm sorry, the most valuable prospects. Um, you can't afford to be worrying about all of these outliers. You need to be very narrowly and precisely targeting your most valuable prospects and making sure that you have a very high ROI on your, um, on your marketing techniques or tactics in, uh, in, in these times when the budgets are under, under real scrutiny. Those are great things. Thank you, Curtis. That's very helpful. So, so just to summarize, uh, we can take this opportunity to kind of fold the tent and, and go home and, and hibernate and then take the, um, the risk of what, that ha what happens to our business as a result of that or we can look at this as an investment. And if we're going to be looking at it as an investment, um, what we really need to do is focus on looking at our, our key customers and making sure we save them, and then looking at customers of our competitors who may have either folded the tent, so to speak, or um, whose offerings may not be as attractive in this environment as they were in another, um, another day and age. So that yeah, sounds that's like absolutely great right. advice. Great. Thank you very much. We've been talking with Curtis Bingham. And Curtis is the president of Predictive Consulting Group. You could reach him at Curtis, that's C-U-R-T-I-S, at predictiveconsulting.com. And uh, his phone number is 978-490-4697. Thank you, Curtis, for joining us today. Thank this you, Linda. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. This concludes our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, contact us at www.l2massociates.com.